Hi everyone, you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast. My name is Daniel Barnes of Dare Daniel fame. I'm the film critic for the Sacramento News Review. My co-host, my partner in crime. What up? The buddy in our buddy cop partnership. It's comedian. I want to say comedian. You can say comedian. I'm going to say comedy legend, Corky Mick. Donald! Daniel, just promise me in our buddy cop partnership, after I'm dead, (laughs) that you will avenge my death, even when the chief is taking your gun badge. Woo! How am I going to do without a gun and badge? That would be extra legal. You're going to be playing by your own rules. Oh. Diplomatic immunity style. Love it. On this week's little fun-sized mini episode, we are going to preview the movie we'll be reviewing next week. I will reveal that in one moment. But we're also going to look back at last week's episode where we reviewed The Monuments Man. We're going to answer our question of the week, worst performance to ever receive an acting Oscar. And we're going to read a few of your movie dares. Before that, Corky. Yeah. We talked about buddy cops in my opening a few seconds ago. Do you recall? You have a mouthful of candy corn. You put candy corn in your mouth right when I was going to throw it to you. I didn't know you were going to throw it to me. Uh, buddy cops don't snitch on each other, Dan. I don't know if you know the, the buddy cop credo. Crazy disrespectful. Crazy I'm disrespectful. the old wizened cop with an addiction to candy corn. Corky. Yeah. I think the film we're reviewing next week is, is it the quintessential buddy cop comedy? Would you say that? Oh. It- I would not. <laughs> I, I, well, that's where we differ. What's the opposite of quintessential? Quinta inessential? Qu- quadriceptional? <laughs> Quatricential? It is one of the most quinta inessential buddy cop comedies <laughs> of all time. Let me sell you on it. Jay Leno. Pat Morita. The 1980s. Don't sell a sold car, Dan. Sell. Stop selling a sold Am car. I overselling it. You got to Jay Le and people were buying. The film is called Collision Course. Yeah. It is a buddy cop comedy released in 1989, shot several years before that. It stars Pat Morita and Jay Leno. It is available to watch on all your usual VOD services. Let's listen to a trailer for this delightful, really racist comedy. <laughs> What do you get when a Japanese special agent comes to Detroit? I talk some Jap. Toyota. Mitsubishi. Kawasaki. Teriyaki. To team up with a wisecracking city cop. Yeah, I don't think we need quite as much firepower, fellas. Let let the people through, will you? Hot on the trail of murder and corruption. You see, Oshima stole revolutionary new turbocharger. You got proof of this? You just make it up as you go along. No, no, no. I see guilty-looking jutted eye. Guilty-looking eye? Well, with that kind of hard evidence, we should get a conviction overnight. Collision course. Police officer! The funniest. <laughs> wackiest. Just my luck, I'm the only guy from Japan that doesn't know karate. Buddy-buddy cop comedy. The crash onto the screen. Make him nervous. Maybe do something stupid. Run a red light, sit out the window, and I can fry his ass. Fry his ass? Ready to see a punishment for just speak out to you. Yeah, well, you're in America now, pal. Jay Leno. 
and Pat Morita. Hey, hey, with the monkeys. Two lawmen as different as hot dogs and sushi trying to steal back a revolutionary new engine that's driving the Motor City crazy. Collision Course. So that was Collision Course. Of course, it stars Pat Morita and Jay Leno. That episode will come out next Tuesday. I think that was a very fun episode to record. The movie was excruciating, but it was a fun episode. Wouldn't you agree, Quirky? Yes. Very fun. Very excruciating. (laughs) So now, speaking of excruciating, not fun, though. Not in the least bit fun. No. The Monuments Men. George Clooney's The Monuments Men. Anything additional to say now that it's been a little while since you watched the film? Any additional insights in the movie? Anything you want to add to our original review of The Monuments Men? I downloaded the audiobook of The Monuments Men story. And did you listen to it? Not yet. No? (laughs) But the the movie inspired you. Inspired me to to download... To honor these men the appropriate way and listen to the actual fucking story, then watch this pap. Someday listen to the... Someday. You'll get around. How about you? Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add either. I mean, the movie was just excruciatingly boring. I guess the one thing I I will say, and and we talked about it during during the show, the score, it's complete garbage, and it is so overbearing. And I think the tendency there is... Let's blame the composer, who is Alexander Desplat, who is a fantastic uh, yeah. composer and has done yeah. a number of amazing musical scores. My kind of counterpoint argument to that is he'll write the score according to what the director wants. Right. And it's really up to the director and all the post-production people involved with it how they're going to use the score. And it's very clear that George Clooney was like, oh, I'm going to use the score to provide all of the emotions and all of the meaning and all of the significance and all of the context I forgot to supply or was just completely incapable of supplying. You think that when Desplat went into the recording booth with his orchestra, the, there was just a big neon sign that said schmaltz <laughs> as a reminder. Just let, hey, hook this up. I think Clooney probably wanted him to emulate the sort of classical movie scores from that era in George Clooney's very limited understanding of what classic movies are or movies in general. I think that's what he defines that as is schmaltz. Absolutely. And as often as the case with somebody who is making this really gross nostalgic ploy, they don't even like the thing that they're nostalgic <laughs> for. He obviously has contempt for old movies because he thinks they're boring. Yeah. Watch any film from a World War II film from any other. The era. orchestra didn't have a string section. It had a heart string section. Yeah. And there were just two guys tugging each side of them. You know My what point I mean? is, yeah, so display, he writes the score, but then it's up to George Clooney how it's going to get used in the film. So if he decides to play it in every freaking scene, yeah, every right. single crane shot, then that's not really on the composer. I would compare that to Alexander Desplat's work for Wes Anderson, a director who, whatever you think of him, he knows what he wants. He comes in with a vision, and that vision extends to every part of the movie, and it's all going to support his vision for what the film is. You have a feeling that George Clooney had no vision. That's a great contrasting right there. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So that was Monuments Men. Go and check out that episode. I think it's a fun one. Yeah. Compliment well taken. Hey, Corky? Yeah. That was one hell of a compliment. <laughs> and the backup where you complimented me on how I took your compliment, 
aces. Dan, I'm just going to say I threw that at you just to get the feedback on a good compliment. But now that I've taken it, I got to say, aces was a nice flourish. You know what? Not a lot of people get credit for being passive aggressive. I want to give you that credit (laughs) because you're doing a great job at it. You're doing fantastic. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. So right now we're going to introduce a promo from our friends at the NRI Woman Podcast. Two close friends with a passion for inspiring conversations. They like their curries, but they love their conversations more. This is a great podcast for women, particularly women of color. Take a listen. Even though we live abroad, as women of Indian origin, we have a common thread that binds us together because of our strong cultural background. NRI Woman is a platform for women to share their stories and experiences on various topics. Our podcast is about inspiring NRI women and their amazing stories. Some of the stories we've covered include growing up in a joint family in India, adopting a child as a single woman, and rebuilding one's life after the loss of a child. Take a listen. We hope you'll be inspired or learn something new. I'm Bettina. And I'm Lenora. And we're the voices behind NRI Women Podcast. We're all heart. Just look for NRI Woman wherever you get your podcasts or find us at nriwoman.com. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe. So let's move on to our question of the week. This question of the week was inspired in part by Collision Course, which is coming up. And which stars Pat Morita, Noriyuki Pat Morita, who not many people may remember this, but he was actually nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Oscar in 1986 for his iconic portrayal of Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid, which seems kind of strange in retrospect. It's one of those things where you're like, it's descended so much into parody and even self-parody, that character, that it's kind of hard to remember. Oh, yeah, this was like a really a breakthrough role for him. Yeah. I have a particular enmity against the film because of being called Daniel-san for uh, morons. That's why I can't life. watch Life Goes On. You're all funny. That's Can I just right? say that in retrospect? All of you are funny and original. You're comedy geniuses. Congratulations on making that connection. Oh, hey, I'm going to sing Obladi Oblada to a kid named Corky because that's the theme song to a movie or TV show called Life Goes On about a Down Syndrome kid named Corky. Ding, and ding, I'm, ding. I'm going to make fun of him for having the name Corky, even though I wouldn't make fun of a kid with Down Syndrome, but I'm going to make fun of him for having the name Corky, and I'm just going to laugh like that's a punchline in and of itself. Classic bit. So it got us to thinking, although I think it's a very good performance by Pat Morita in the Absolutely! Uh, and it, I don't know if it deserved an Oscar, but it's a great performance. And it's iconic, and no matter what... All do, the, do we know who he beat out? He didn't beat out anybody. He was nominated, but did not win, I should say. Oh, is this nominations, or is this winning? Winning. Okay, okay. So he didn't win. He did not win. So uh, our, our question of the week is not exactly transferable? Well, you know what? It's a it's, it's a slight connection, but okay. the connection's there, Corky. It's a tenuous connection, but a connection that... Hey, Daniel? Nice <laughs> connection. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> 1986, or no, was it the film came out in 85? 84, I thought it was. I think I have him winning in 86, but I think the film was 85. <laughs> they delayed it two years. You, so you have him winning, even though he didn't beat anybody out. This is good. This is good fact checking by you. Cut this whole fucking thing. No, out. we're leaving all of this. <laughs> Fuck you. He was nominated mm-hmm. for his portrayal in the 1985 film Karate Kid. Of okay. course, as you know, the Oscars don't come out in the same year. So they the, come out early in the next year. That so makes 1986, sense. he won it. I believe it was uh, the Klaus Maria Brandauer from out of Africa who won the Best Supporting Actor Good Oscar. Movie. At any rate, it inspired... Our question of the week. Worst performance to actually win an acting Oscar. We like Pat Morita, and he didn't win. So, ineligible. Right. 
Corky. Yeah. What do you believe of all of the actors and supporting actors, actresses and supporting actors who have ever won an acting Oscar, which is the worst performance to receive that validation? So I think if you've listened to Dare Daniel mini episode 25.5, you know that I have a keen understanding of what movies have and have not won best pictures. Yeah. Which actors like Albert Finney won Wikipedia best, exists. best Oscar for their p- performance as Hercule Poirot. Google exists. So, the uh, my Academy first of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences maintains a website. With all resources all that would back up and verify my claims <laughs> that Albert all Finney free on the internet and that it's pronounced Sidney Lumet. <laughs> all of this stuff exists. So, my initial response was to think Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear in As Good As It Gets. <laughs> Someone who did not win. Someone who, I don't even know if he's nominated. He was nominated. Okay, he was yeah. nominated. But yeah. Helen Hunt won. And I like that movie, but I remember thinking, like, why is Greg Kinnear even up for the, Why did he win that? Because he should not have. And then I was like, oh, he didn't win it, so I can't use him. <laughs> so my, my, my choice is going to be someone who did win. And I, and I know this because I've backed it up. All right. It, it, this movie won Best Picture, and it's a movie I like, although a lot of people shit on this movie winning Best Picture. But this Academy Award going to this person in this movie is inexcusable. It's Renee Zellweger for Chicago. Nope. Best Actress. Nope. Wait, what? No. Renee Zellweger won Supporting Actress for Cold Mountain uh, the year after. Catherine Zeta-Jones did I'm, win Best Supporting Actress for Chicago. I have it up right here. The worst. worst oh! They're not saying that they won for that award. <laughs> Corky is just learning how to use the internet. God like, damn Literally it. during the show. God damn it. So we'll move on. No, we won't move on. <laughs> no, we fucking won't. What's your pick, Dan? I really hated Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour. I thought that was a, all a makeup performance. Alicia Vikander, I think, is one of the most boring actresses working today. She won for The Danish Girl a few years ago. But I'm going to let that, I'm going to let those kind of simmer uh, in the kind of crock pot of history sure. for just like a few years. Just get a get a good kind of simmer on You're going to simmer in a crock pot for a few years? Yeah. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> Keep it on low. But, yeah, this one was hard because, honestly, most of the performances that really I hated, I've yeah. seen a lot of the ones from the 30s and 40s and 50s and so forth, most of the ones I really hated were from the last 10 or 20 years. It's weird, right? It really is. One film, but two performances, because two separate performances, bad performances from this bad film were awarded. This film was also awarded Best Picture. The movie is known as Shakespeare in Love, mm. and the performances are Gwyneth Paltrow, who is just awful, but boy, is she overshadowed by Judy Dench, who A, is in the film for like three minutes. Yeah. Won an Oscar for that. And this started Judy Dench on a good two solid decades of just playing battle axes. Yeah. And her, she is the most one note boring. She does not have other things that she does. It's just a sledgehammer coming down hard at you. I compared, uh, in a recent film, she played uh, Vic- Queen Victoria. Here yeah. she plays Queen Elizabeth. You're right. Range. So she plays Queen Victoria in the film Victoria and Abdul. And I compared her to Pennywise, the clown from It, in that it just doesn't stop coming at you. Yeah. She never stops. She's constantly attacking you with her battle axeness. So I'm going to go with Shakespeare in Love, two performances in one film and one big stinking pile. 
of garbage. So that's widely renowned as the worst Oscar sweeping movie of all time, right? I, I, I'm on board with that. Yeah. I'm on board with that all the way. Did you have any runners up? I did. I had uh, Cliff Robertson and Charlie and uh, Ernest Borgnard and Marty. What? Yeah, it's the same thing Ernest Borgnine has always done. Come on. But see, here's the thing. Like you said, your most your recent ones were the ones you hated the most. Do you think it's because you're aware of people during that time? And and maybe people during the time, uh, a few decades past, also were like, come on, what are you fucking talking about them winning? No, I think movies are just worse. Okay. And <laughs> continually honest, getting worse, honestly. I can, I can buy that. If I'm looking at some that I hated, uh, okay, so an older movie where I was really irritated by the performance would be from 1944, Going My Way, which also won Best Picture. Barry Fitzgerald as the priest in that movie is just so goddamn irritating and so schmaltzy, and that whole movie is just garbage. Of the more recent performances, I really am not a big fan of the biopic, uh, and especially the really pandering biopic. So yeah, Jamie Foxx and Ray, that's just awful. Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side, Meryl Streep in The Iron Lady as Margaret Thatcher is just horrible. And then how about a, a duet of 90s schmaltz, Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting, Michael Caine in The Cider House Rules. Really? Just wringing it out, just wringing it like a sweaty old towel. See, I like Goodwill Hunting. I know it's I know its flaws. I like his performance in that. But yeah, Michael Caine in Cider House Rules. That Good night, you princes, <sighs> you kings of New England. Yeah. Just what about jack palance and city slickers that's the one that i think is sort of similar to pat marita in the sense that it's a a okay performance in a somewhat so-so film that descended into parody so much sure and somewhat self-parody as well and then of course there's a really bad sequel to city slickers so i think it's one of those where everything that comes after it sort of drags that down a little bit now did he deserve to win and to beat whoever he beat? I'm sure he's. But he did one arm push ups, Daniel. One arm push ups. Oh, and that just started Billy Crystal on a whole thing. <laughs> uh, Bruce Valanche, you son of a bitch. I hate Billy Crystal. Uh. <laughs> now we're going to listen to a promo from Hong Kong Confidential. It's an interesting podcast where author Jules Hanford interviews people from Hong Kong about their lives, personal journeys, and secrets. Guests share their wisdom, experiences, and insights with the audience. Fantastic podcast. Jules is a great interviewer. And check out her page, donate to her Patreon, pick up some merch. Hong Kong Confidential is a podcast designed to educate and entertain my audience. It's an interview-style show where many topical social issues are discussed and personal stories are shared. The podcast can be inspiring, confronting, harrowing, and at times hilarious. We all need to be heard to heal, and listening to the experiences of others can often help the rest of us deal with what life has to throw at us. Hong Kong Confidential, available on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. All right, so we want to take a moment right now to address something pretty serious. The Butte County fires in Northern California have wreaked untold devastation across Northern California. And in getting together to try to combat some of the devastation, Sierra Nevada Brewing has enlisted breweries around the country to pitch in and put together an IPA called Resilience Butte County Proud IPA, releasing November 27th. Breweries such as New Helvetia, Track 7, local Sacramento breweries, I should say, such as New Helvetia and Track 7 Brewing are getting together to help release this with New Sierra Nevada. And we would like to encourage anybody to 
to pitch in and then give what you can, pick up some resilience, Butte County Proud IPA on the 27th or days after and help donate to the Campfire Donation Fund. If you're not a drinker and you just want to help donate some funds to battle the devastation wreaked by the campfires, Golden Valley Bank has set up a community foundation page. Uh, you can find it on their website. It's for the Campfire Support Fund, Golden Valley Bank General Fund. Let's give what we can and help out Help out where we can. So now we're going to read a few of your movie dares. You've been submitting these dares to us at daredaniel.com. Hit that Submit a Dare button and let us know what movie you want us to watch on the show. We will read your dare on the show, and we might even review the film. You can also hit us up on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams. That's Dare Daniel Pod on all of those. Quirky, since we're doing the mini episodes, we're every other week for now. We don't know how long this is going to be. Probably just the next few months or so, but we're doing it every other week with a review and then a mini episode. At least for 2018. For at least the rest of 2018. But I decided I wanted to kind of beef up. Make them a little beefy, these mini-episodes. Make them maxi-episodes. Yes, you, Not exactly we've talked about that, that Daniel. Beef them up a little bit. So I got a bunch of dares for us. I don't just got the usual two dares. I got four dares, and I'll just say four dares plus. What? what wait, what? Oh, we'll get to it. First dare comes to us from Gav. Gav of, I believe the film's on trial podcast. Yeah, our buddies. How's it going, Gav? How you doing, buddy? Gav? <laughs> Gav. Oh, he is not on the phone. Okay, read it. Got it. Gav dares us to watch Leprechaun mm. in the Hood. Oh, no. This film is from 2000. Of course, it's directed by Rob Spera. It stars Warwick Davis and Ice-T. It is the fifth, but not final, film in the Leprechaun series. It was released direct to video. Why? Oh, Why? Did Gavin dare us to watch this movie? He says, hi, guys. Hey. Hey, Gavin. <laughs> hey, Gav. Gav? Gav? Gav. He's not on the phone, Dan. Gav? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he confused me with the hi, guys. He says, gutted that I missed out on the gutted is a British term <laughs> meaning eviscerated. <laughs> gutted <laughs> that I, I missed out. I think it out means that anywhere. <laughs> gutted gutted that I missed out on the chance to recommend a film for you to review during your excellent Scare Daniel series. Thank you. Thank you very much, Gav. Hopefully you're still in the mood to watch awful horror films. If so, then I'd love to hear your views on this cinematic turd. It's equal parts unwatchable and unintentionally hilarious and features one of the worst raps of all time, thanks to Warwick Davis. Usually a reliable MC. Right, yeah. He so I'm kind of surprised. He throws it down in the booth. Corky, have you ever seen Leprechaun in the Hood? I have not. Have you seen any Leprechaun film? I have not. Never. Me neither. No. Never seen one. But as uh, Dare Daniel legend states, when you call a movie a turd, <laughs> you're, we're dealing with something that we got. That, that, we, we flag that? That word carries weight. We send that on to to a, a sub-department. <laughs> to our lab. <laughs> we, we, have some, we have some research. They analyze it. into that. <laughs> Uh, so the IMDb synopsis for Leprechaun in the Hood says, when three rappers want to get even with a pimp, they accidentally unleash a leprechaun who goes on a killing rampage in the hood. I bet this movie's not racist at all. No. Hood is short for neighborhood. Is that a British thing? It is a British thing. Okay. Yeah, it is British slang. Neighborhood. But they pronounce it neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> Be louder with that candy cord. <laughs> so thank you, Gavin, as Corky stuffs like 11 candy corn in his mouth at the same time. So thank you very much, Gavin, for that dare. Leprechaun in the hood. That's a good one. Thanks, Gavin. That's a good one. 
Next dare comes to us from Matthew, the walking punchline Doherty. <laughs> Is that what he called himself? That's what he called himself. I didn't give him that name. That's mean. Matthew, the walking punchline Doherty, dares us to watch The Pest. Mm. The Pest. Johnny, that was a groan of recognition from yes, Johnny. John it is a film from 1997, as Johnny said. It stars John Leguizamo, co-stars Jeffrey Jones and Freddie Rodriguez, <coughs> directed by Paul Miller. Why, for the love of God, did he dare us to watch The Pest? He says, okay, this may be the worst, best, funniest, not funny movie of all time, predictable jokes and physical humor no actual plot just a complete waste of time but my boy that's you oh. said that he has never seen it and since he hasn't and i have now he has to don't hate the playa <laughs> dare him to watch terrible movies much love <laughs> keep up the good work love the podcast good morning oh thank you thank you for the nice words thank you very much yeah have you ever seen the pest no i've never seen it johnny have you seen it yeah, Ugh. Johnny had to steal yeah. himself the to admit yeah, that. <laughs> that was big. That was John has an annoying voice the whole movie. More traumatic than the Tom Selleck mom sex movie. <laughs> I would say with John Leguizamo, it's best to have John Leguizales. <laughs> you stole my Kembo joke. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's a Kimbo joke. And it wasn't. I, you, you I, I did it better, too, I got to say. Uh, you got to hit the mo. You got to hit I the did, mo. I didn't Jimmy Fallon after like Lakers you did. Like mo. The, the mugging. <laughs> <laughs> the IMDb synopsis for the pest says a Miami con man agrees to be the human target for a neo-Nazi manhunter. I'm laughing already. Right. In order to collect $50,000 if he survives. Sounds good. Johnny, what is your deal? <laughs> so thank you, Matthew, the walking punchline Doherty. But the Queens-born John Lee was almost playing a Miami character. That's range. <laughs> Seriously. That's, he can do that's anything. That's fucking range, man. Guy can do anything. So thank you, Matthew. Our next dare comes to us from David Paul. DP. My old buddy DP. What's DP got for us? What do you got for us, DP? He dares us to watch. Ready Player One. Ooh. This is a new movie. It just came out earlier this year in 2018. It is directed by Steven Spielberg. And you, that hack. You're on record as loving this movie. I'm on record as hating the fuck out of this movie. It is based on the Ernest Klein novel that I've never read, so don't judge me or anything. Don't judge me ever. <laughs> I'll hit you and bite you. It stars Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, but most of it is a just ugly and barely watchable motion capture. Why does David Paul want us to watch this movie? He says, I watched this eight hours into a 12-hour flight after being awake for over 24 hours. Even in that confused and delirious state, it was clear that this is a terrible and unwatchable movie. There is nothing to recommend this movie. Absolutely nothing. It's like a bad bake. Too dense, overly sweet, and with a soggy bottom. Mm. Have you seen this film, Quirky? No, I have not. Dude, you know I haven't seen anything recent. <laughs> you never have seen a film. Quirky just came out of the mountains one day, and we thought, let's do a podcast with this whole person. The last movie made before I went into those mountains, Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> Harley Davidson the of the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The IMDb synopsis for the film says, When the creator of a virtual reality world called The Oasis dies, he releases a video in which he challenges all Oasis users to find his Easter egg, which will give the finder his fortune. Yeah, I sure hated this movie. It is bad. But I would love to talk at length about why I hate it, how much I hate it, 
and who I blame for it and what I'm planning to do to those people. <laughs> okay. I'll, well, I'll skip the last part well, because that is just like legally the, the sport of it. Ex- well, legally, <laughs> sure. Legal, but as a sportsman. You're pitching a most dangerous game type of thing for the makers of Ready Player One. <laughs> I see you. I see you, Dan. Thank you, you, David Paul. You are my boy. So our next dare, this is the plus of the four plus that I was talking about. Because he, he doesn't, this is comes to us from Colin Frisell, who is a follower and a listener. Uh, loves the show, I'm assuming. Colin, right? Thank yeah? you. Wait, is this our second Colin? <laughs> oh, wait. <Hey>, Colin? <laughs> Fucking, go ahead, beat off right now to that joke, and then start this podcast a little later when you're done. <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. So Colin Frizzell, his movie dare, he listed as thematic. That is not a film. He just wants us to do more theme months, essentially. Oh. He says that now that you've done Scare Daniel, perhaps there are other themes you can tackle. Bad holiday movies in December. Bad romantic comedies in February. Bad road trip or vacation movies in June. Because although I really don't like horror movies, this has been fun. Wow. Yeah, so thank you for listening to that. You can go back and check out our Scare Daniel series, which we did all October. And, hey, good news. I don't want to totally spoil the surprise, but right. we're working on a Christmas present for you. Not right now. No. It's in our heads that we're, we're going to put it on. off till Christmas Eve. Theoretically, there's going to be a thing, but we're working on that right now. And uh, we are going to do, we have at least one romantic comedy for February. So we do, we love doing the Scare Daniel. And we want to keep doing that more and more. So yeah. we'll definitely have something for Christmas. We'll definitely have something for Valentine's Day. And moving forward, I think we're going to do more of those theme months. But I, I really would just like to say thank you so much. This means so much that you would say that you're not a fan of horror movies, but you enjoyed the month. Because I, we often wonder, do people need to see these movies beforehand to get an understanding or get an appreciation of it? And you saying that you don't even dig on horror movies, but you dug what we t- did with them, that means so much to us. And uh, yeah, theme months, we're, we've got a few things we're canoodling. <laughs> canoodling, that's the word for it. We're canoodling in our noodling. <laughs> Again, I just came out of the hills. Yes. <laughs> he does not understand metaphor. <laughs> we got one more dare. Quirky, why not? Fucking A. We're rolling. Four plus. We're having fun. Let's just do one more dare. This comes from Luke. Luke! What up, Luke? No last name, just Luke. Hey, I don't Luke. Know. Do you know any Lukes? I don't know any Lukes. I don't know any Lukes. So let's assume it's Luke Wilson. Okay. After Luke Wilson, huge fan of the show. Right. I, such a huge fan. He dares us to watch a film. What, di- what movie did he dare us to watch? Paul Blart, colon, Mall Cop. Two. Two. Oh, yeah. This is the 2015 sequel to the 2009 original, which was called Ball, Paul Blart Colin Mall Cop. It'd be weird if it wasn't called that, and this was called Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> it's like a first blood kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> it was directed by Andy Fickman. Sure. Stars, of course, Kevin James. I want to say comedy legend, but that would be lying. The... It is, a, like I said, a sequel to the 2009 film. Apparently, there were lots of unanswered questions. Why did Luke dare us to watch Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2? He says, my friends and I ironically watched a bad movie, and we chose this, and now I hate irony. <laughs> IMDB Synopsis says, after six years of keeping our malls safe, Paul Blart has earned a well-deserved vacation. He heads to Las Vegas with his teenage daughter before she heads off to college. Everyone's heading off. That's just bad writing. But safety never takes a holiday, and when duty calls, Blart 
answers. Blart rhymes with fart. I just got that. Oh, my God. I just got that. Blart is almost a last name nobody has. This is like the levels of this are fantastic. Have you seen either Paul Blart film? Daniel. They didn't show Paul Blart in the mountains where I live. <laughs> we could only we 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 it sat around like the if, campfire and spoke about pictures of the stars where maybe a mall security guard rode a scooter. I feel like if any movie was going to screen for the hill people, it would be Paul Blart Mall Cup yeah. too. <laughs> like if, if you had got anything at your little dirt multiplex <laughs> in the mountains, <laughs> like, you would. That would be it. That's the movie they showed upon the white sheet they hung between the two trees. <laughs> no, I have never seen a Paul Bart film. I don't think I've ever seen any Kevin. I've never seen any of the Grown Ups movies. I've never seen the Zookeeper one. Outside or, of this podcast, I would never w- put my I've eyes upon a, a Kevin TV James show thing. Or anything like I that. pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Quite unfunny. But Nothing. That's that's the whole bit, though, right? Torture. So yeah, it seems like if you want to ironically watch a bad movie. Don't watch Paul Bart Mall Cop 2. Although I'm a fan of Killing Irony, because Irony has been the death knell of comedy in the late 2000s. If this contributes to death in any way. (laughs) Irony, (laughs) puppies, flowers, whatever. Just kill it all. Doesn't matter. Burn it all. So that's all we have for you on this very... uh, Maxi. I'd say it's a supersized mini episode. Um, No more beefy? It's a super mini. (laughs) I think it's a juiced up. It's a beefy double mini super mini. Okay, a beefy double mini super mini. (laughs) Classify that, motherfuckers. But uh, follow us on Dare Daniel Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Submit your dares to us at daredaniel.com. We'll be back on Tuesday with a full review. A full review. We get into it we get down and dirty we get leno you say len yes and we say leno or (laughs) vice versa you say leno and we say len yes you want pat morita we get you pat (laughs) lesserita (laughs) i'll pat you rita Oh, yo yo And on that note, hit up the Dare Daniel webpage. Check out our PayPal if you feel like ever being a contribution, a contributor to helping us keep the lights on, keep the mics working. We'd love you for it, and we'll send you shout-outs and thank yous. Absolutely, and we will see you in one week for Collision Course. Love, love candy fun. corn. <laughs>